Good morning. Welcome to today's celebration of the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Please silence all electronic devices that you may have with you. Those who are suffering are beloved by God. If we separate ourselves from the poor and the needy, we separate ourselves from God, who is never indifferent to human suffering. Often, we are blind and ignore the needs of others, even those who are suffering greatly. We seek to encounter Jesus, who moves us to repent and change our lives. Now let us quiet ourselves to reflect on this liturgy we are about to celebrate together. This weekend, we celebrate the Feast of San Lorenzo Ruiz, patron saint of the Philippines and the Filipino people. Before we begin, I invite you to learn about San Lorenzo through this short video. St. Lorenzo Ruiz was born around the year 1600 in the Philippines. His parents were Christians who raised him as a Catholic. He served happily in his parish church as an altar boy and calligrapher. As a young man, Lorenzo joined the Dominican confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary. Later, he married and had three children. In 1636, Lorenzo was accused of murder, perhaps wrongly. To protect his safety at the time, he fled home and found refuge on board a ship with three Dominican priests and a leper. The ship departed the Philippines on June 10, 1636, bound for Okinawa. A shock awaited the holy passengers when they arrived in Japan. At the time of their arrival, the rulers of Japan were persecuting Christians. Lorenzo was arrested by Japanese officials for the crime of being a Christian in order to recant his faith. When he refused, he was imprisoned for two years. Eventually, Lorenzo and his companions were taken to Nagasaki to be tortured and killed if they would not recant their faith. Lorenzo and his companions were tortured with water, forced into their mouths and down their throats and out their noses and ears. Following this, Lorenzo was hung upside down with a rope around his ankles. Lorenzo refused to recant. According to the record of his death, his last words were, I am a Catholic and wholeheartedly do accept death for God. Had I a thousand lives, all these to him I shall offer. Do with me as you please. His traveling companions were all killed, but steadfast until the end. Lorenzo was beatified by Pope John Paul II on February 18, 1981. The beatification ceremony was held in the Philippines, making it the first beatification ceremony ever held outside the Vatican.
His canonization took place at the Vatican on October 18, 1987. St. Lorenzo Ruiz's feast day is on September 28th. He is the patron saint of Filipino youth, the Philippines, people working overseas, and altar servers. To learn more about St. Lorenzo Ruiz, visit catholic.org. Please stand and join our gathering song. Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. With your spirit. My friends, Jesus told us the story of the rich man and Lazarus, challenging all to recognize and respond to those in need. We ask for grace to repent for the times we have not responded to others with mercy. Lord Jesus, you give bread to the hungry. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you lift up the poor. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you set prisoners free. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to life everlasting. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of good will. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you. manifest your almighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy. Bestow your grace abundantly upon us and make those hastening to attain your promises heirs to the, to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus, the Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever 
and ever. Unang pagbasa, hindi nalug nalugod ang Diyos sa maluho at marangyang pamuhay ng mga leader ng Israel habang marami sa mga maliliit na mamamayan ay naghihikahos. Tutuldukan ng Diyos ang lahat ng uri ng pagmamalabis tulad ng ginawa niya sa panahon ni Amos. Pagbasa mula sa aklat ni Profeta Amos. Ito ang sinabi ng Panginoon makapangyarihan. Kahabag-habag kayong namumuhay na maginahawa sa Sion. Kahabag-habag kayong maihiga sa magarang kama at nagpapahinga sa malalapad na himlayan habang nagpapakabusog sa masarap ng pagkain. Lumilikha pa, tayo, kay, lumilikha pa kayo ng mga awit sa saliw ng mga alpa tulad ni David. Sa malalaking mangkok na kayong umiinom ng alak at mamamahaling pabango ng ipinapahid, ipinapahid ninyo sa katawan. Ngunit itinagis na ba ninyo ang darating na pagkawasak ng Israel? Hindi. Kaya nga, kayo ang unang ipatatapon, matitigil na ang iyong pagpipiging at pagsasaya. Ang salita ng Diyos, the word of the Lord.
Ikalawang pagbasa. Pagbasa mula sa unang ulat ni Apostol San Pablo sa mga taga-Kurito. Mga kapatid, hindi masasabi ninyo man, Panginoon si Jesus, kung hindi siya pinapatnubayan ni Espiritu Santo. Iba't iba ang kaloob, ngunit iisa lamang ang Espiritong nagkakaloob ng mga ito. Iba't iba ang paraan ng paglilingkod. Ngunit iisa lamang ang Panginoong pinaglilingkuran. Iba't iba ang mga gawain, ngunit iisa lamang ang Diyos na sumasalahat at ng taong gumagawa ng mga iyon. Ang bawat isa binigyan ng kaloob na nagahayag na sumasakanya ang Espiritu Santo para sa ikabubuti ng lahat. Sapagkat si Kristo'y tulad ng isang katawan na may maraming bahagi, bagamat binubuo ng isang iba't ibang bahagi, Iisa pa ang kanang paring katawan. Tayong lahat, maging Hudyo o Griego, alipin man o malaya, binibinyagan sa iisang espiritu upang magig isang katawan. Tayong lahat ay pinainom sa isang espiritu. The Word of the Lord. God be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Pharisees, 
There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously every day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours, to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. He said, oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. My brothers and sisters, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. No one can uh, really deny that we have a problem in this country, not just in our city of Portland or on the West Coast, but a problem of people who are homeless, have no place to have no place to to call their own to live in and and to shelter them and that's uh and and they are they're homeless people for a variety of reasons some who are working actually but can't get enough money from their jobs to afford a place to live and others who are mentally ill who really need a place where they're taken care of and and kind of uh, monitored and there are, there are others, uh, families who live in their cars, children who uh, are not going to school, and all, all those kinds of people. And I think that, you know, the people ask me the question sometimes, well, what do we do about this? I said, well, it's really very simple. The answer is quite simple. Ask the people who know about these sorts of things. They know all the needs that these, that these people who are homeless have. They understand the needs for housing, care, and services, and all of that. It's just they don't have the money. And you can say there's no political will to get the money, 
to, uh, to help the people who are homeless, to do the things that are necessary, provide the services that are necessary for them. And you can say it that way, that there's no political will or that the people who have that money, who are that wealthy that they could afford to help, just won't do it. But from a perspective of our, of our faith, you can say they're not responding to grace. They won't accept the grace that would change their hearts so that they could give what is necessary to care for those in need. And I think that as we look at the situation, it, this story today kind of speaks to that. Lazarus, is he a homeless person? He's sitting beside the, well, in our translation it says he's sitting by the door. In other translations it says he's sitting by the gate of this, of this rich man. And, the, and he's in such a terrible state that he can't fend off the dogs who come to, to lick his sores. But sitting at the gate is, it reminds us of the position of the gate in the Bible. It, although be, be the city gate, it was the place where justice was done. The place where the, where the people came and the elders spoke at times and said, this is the way things are ought to be. If you have this case, this concern, here's the solution. And they meted out justice. And so this should be a place, this gate should be a place of justice but it is actually a barrier. It's a barrier between Lazarus, this poor man, and the rich man, or we might call him the elite of their society. And this is, it's a barrier that keeps them separated, keeps the, the rich man in his environment and won't, and won't allow the poor to come into his environment and to kind of, I don't know what, intrude on his environment. So the, we, have, you know, we have that similar situation today, even in Portland and other places, there are gated communities. Gated communities which are on the first level that people say, well, they're to keep you know, the, the bad people out, the people who would rob us. But they're also to keep the riffraff out, you know, people like us, and who would, who would kind of contaminate their communities if we drove around their streets, you know, and, uh, in these wealthy communities. And it's a, it's a, the, the issue again is that barrier, that separation between those who are the elite and those and the rest of us or the other, other people. I think that, that uh, um, we, we, don't, we don't let this, we, we don't acknowledge this often enough. So this, in this story, both men die. Lazarus, maybe he's buried, maybe he's not. But the rich man is buried. And they go to this place which would, in the Jews would call Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, Sheol. And it's not, a, it's not what we call heaven and hell. That's sort of a Christian invention. It's a rather a shadowy place where the people are kind of there and they're, and they're waiting. They're waiting in this place which is not, things aren't resolved completely. They're waiting for something to happen, for the Messiah to come, apparently. And so they, they're both there. And they're in this place. And this gate that separated uh, Lazarus and the rich man now becomes a chasm, an abyss that cannot be crossed. 
It's too deep, it's too, too wide to cross. And it's, and it's a way of saying the gate, the gate at least was an opportunity for grace. The rich man could have opened the gate, he can no longer cross the chasm. So his opportunity for grace is, is, is lost. But it's also a place uh, of, of judgment, a place of judgment which says that who are the elite and who are the, who are the expendable poor. They are now still separated, but in a much different way they're separated. So the rich man, he looks at this situation and he apprises it and he, and he knows that he can't, he can't bridge this chasm between them, but he, uh, he still is a rich man. He's still a man who gives orders and tells people what to do. And he still, and he still understands that, Sir, that Lazarus, who is up there with Abraham, is still a servant. He's not, he hasn't risen in it. He, he thinks that Lazarus has not risen in any status. He's still a servant. And so what does he do? He says to Abraham, send Lazarus down here to put a little water on my tongue. Tell my servant to come down and put some water on my tongue, you know. Uh, he still can't get it, that he's in a difficult situation that he doesn't understand, and he still thinks of Lazarus as, as, a, as a servant, as a worker. But then, when that doesn't work, he says, uh, he's, and he's still giving orders, and he sees himself in charge of the situation, which he's not in charge of at all. He's, but he sees himself that way. And, and he doesn't understand, he doesn't get it, why he's there, and he doesn't really ask why he's there. But he, he says, you know, send, send uh, Lazarus to my brothers, still giving orders, still trying to tell people what to do. And he has no position to tell people what to do. So he says, finally he says, uh, he calls Abraham his father. And he, said, and he, tells, he says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. And, he's, and he doesn't also get that Lazarus is, that Abraham is also Lazarus' father. Well, if uh, Abraham is the father of Lazarus and the father of the rich man, they're brothers. That's what he doesn't get, that he and Lazarus are really brothers. They're both sons of Abraham, they're both brothers, and that he should take care of his brother, and his brother is not his servant, but his brother is his equal, and that, they, that he should treat his brother as an equal, and he can't get that. The rich man cannot, cannot understand that. We understand it, you know, we know that, and we have, but we have scientific evidence of it also. I mean, we call ourselves the sons and daughters of God, but in the church even, that's not quite equal, you know, uh, to be a son and a daughter. There's a little bit of difference in the church between them. And it, but in our, in our scientific understanding, we know if you just look at people's DNA, we know we're all pretty much the same. You know, we're not much difference between us and what we call race and class and color distinctions and all of that, facial distinctions and all of that, is really pretty meaningless when you look at people's DNA. The DNA is pretty much the same. And all those other things are superficial. Or even, you know, what science has taught us about 
about the uh, evolution and, and that most that we all come from some common parent in, in uh, South Africa that, and, and that from there people began to move out into the world. I mean, we know all those things we, and still it's hard for us sometimes to grasp that we are brothers and sisters. But for the rich man, he pleads for his brothers, his brothers who are not yet in this place. And he, his pleading for his brothers is really a kind of a, it's a, it's a way of saying to Abraham, he send, send Lazarus back to my brothers with a message. Why should he get it? Why should his brothers get a message? That's the way the elite think, you know. We're, we have inside information. You know, we deserve inside information. And so we should get a leg up rather than have what the, what the poor people have. We should have an, an advantage. And this, and this advantage is he wants an advantage of, of a messenger coming from the other world to tell his brothers what to do. And Abraham's response is, no, you all have, you all have the, the, the Bible, the scriptures, the Torah, as he says, and Moses, uh, Moses and the prophets. You all have that. And, Moses, and Lazarus apparently, uh, apparently understood that. But I think that, you know, it's a, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit shocking to me when the rich man says to Abraham, send Lazarus back. He knows his name. This is not an anonymous person who is sitting by his gate. It's a person whom he knew, and he knew his name, and yet he treated him with, with disrespect. That's, that's kind of shocking. But the, the, the argument, <clears throat> he gets in this argument with Abraham about his brothers and about sending a messenger back. You know, it's not so far from what we sometimes want. We sometimes want inside information from God. I know I have people who say to me sometimes, well, what is the will of God for me? I know one person who couldn't get off that theme. And my answer is really pretty simple sort of like what Abraham said, oh, that's not where I got it. Uh, but it's that, well we, well, we know God's plan. God's plan is in our Bible, in the scriptures. Jesus laid it out. Here's what God wants you to do. And they, people, people say, well, if I just, if, if somehow God would tell me what to do, well, it's not the way God works apparently. But the, but, and God doesn't sort of script our lives. He doesn't say, well, okay, in 1998, you're gonna to go to school, and in 2005, you're gonna to go to work here at this company, and then you're gonna marry this woman or this man. Oh, that's not the way God script, that doesn't script our lives like that. God has given us the plan, how to live, and whatever we do, whatever we choose to be in this world, and, how, and whatever job or, or occupation or whatever we choose, we live by that plan, that plan that Jesus revealed to us in the, in the Gospels, in the Sermon on the Mount, and, and in his other teachings. We don't get insider information, if you will, uh, from, from God, although some people have what they call inspiration and, uh, from, from God. Uh, <clears throat> I think that this rich man when he is, what he wants to do, and when his place, 
And he, in, even if he, even when he knows he can't, he doesn't have any advantage, and he can't manipulate Abraham, he still wants to maintain his status. He wants to maintain his position. That's what he wants. And I think that, you know, we see that in our own society. We see that the wealthy want to maintain their position, and they. Uh, um, they don't necessarily want to share that with everybody else. They don't want to share with, with other people. And I could, you know, you know the examples as well as I do. But Pope Francis has, has talked about that in one of his encyclicals, and he tells us this earth is our common home, not the home of just a few people who can take a large part of the resources of this world and use them for themselves, no. It's not the way it works. It's not the intention of God. The intention of God, is, according to Pope Francis, is that we all share in this world, and we all share because we, it's our common home. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all here because God wanted us to be here, created us equal, and that this is, and this is the place where we are, and God wants us to care for one another. We heard in that, you know, that beginning song today about the uh, very tender song about San Lorenzo, and we heard about, you know, his, his cry, but there are people who cannot hear God's cry for the poor. And, God, and the scriptures tell us that God does cry for the poor, and people, some people cannot hear that. They cannot hear that, they cannot, they cannot change their lives, that's the difficulty the rich man was in. He just could not, he couldn't hear the scriptures. Maybe he was a man who went to the synagogue every week. And maybe he was, a, you know, he, maybe he gave money to the synagogue to, to support it. And, uh, and, and yet, even Jesus condemns this, that situation in his lifetime where he sees people who are the religious leaders who have kind of worked the scriptures so that the scriptures work in their favor to maintain their status and their position. And we see that even today. We see people who are, I can tell you names, people who are uh, good Christians, good church-going Christians, very involved in their church, but won't pay their employees a living family wage wouldn't even give them a minor raise when it wouldn't hurt them at all, hardly at all. They wouldn't notice the difference, but, the, but we see that. That's true in our society today, and that mentality and that inability to see the need of the poor, or as I mentioned at the beginning, the inability to respond to grace in their lives. That's what the, that's what the fundamental spiritual issue is about. I think the, the rich man is not condemned for being a bad person, but for his greed and his, his need for that power. Where on the other hand, uh, Lazarus it was a pious person, and he is with Abraham because of that. We look at our, you know, we look at our world, and we see what it's like. And we see that, that there are people who would maintain this kind of a division between the rich and the poor, or between races, different races, between our attitudes towards one another, 
We see that too often in political campaigns, that they want, that the politicians who want power want to split us, want to divide us, and separate us from one another. And they use, you hear that, they use uh, all sorts of people as scapegoats to do that. I think we who hear this message know the message of Jesus, the message of this gospel. The me we, we know that, that that's something that we will not respond to, that we overcome, and that we, know, that we listen to the message of Jesus and the me as the message of God, which says we are all together, and we work for those who are most, more vulnerable, those who are in need, always in our society, because this is, this is what God wants, and this is what, what our, our church really calls us to, what Pope Francis spoke to, and what we respond to. When we do that, as I say, we can say that we're being good citizens, we can say that we're care, caring about other people, but ultimately, we can say that we're responding to grace, to the grace of the presence of God in our lives. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there you will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God of love, you know our needs before we speak them. We lift our hearts and voices in prayer for all your sons and daughters. May the Spirit of God enable our church to speak God's prophetic word of compassion, mercy, and justice, especially to all those suffering from any form of abuse. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. May Pope Francis be blessed with wisdom and strength as he guides and reaches out to the people he serves. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the wisdom of God guide those in government service to work with integrity, regard all human life, with sacred respect and justice for all. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear, hear our prayer. May the example of San Lorenzo inspire us to be strong in our faith 
and to spread the love of Jesus as we work together. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear, our hear our prayer. May we recognize our responsibilities to care for one another and that those in need have a claim on our charity because they belong to Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear, hear our prayer. prayer. May we be true to our statement all are welcome by fully opening our hearts and lives to all who might be interested in involvement at St. Charles. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the intense but quiet desires of our souls be heard and blessed. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the offering of these prayers, O God, lead us to be about the work of reconciliation and justice, mercy and peace, inspired by San Lorenzo and entrusted to us by your Son, Jesus the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sasanggalang inyong dangal 
these gifts of bread and wine may be acceptable to our almighty God. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of God's name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. <clears throat> Grant us, O merciful God, that this our offering may find acceptance with you, and that through it the wellspring of all blessing may be laid open before us through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift, we lift them up, up to, to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, for in you we live and move and have our being. And while in this body we not only experience the daily effects of your care, but even now possess the pledge of life eternal. For having received the first fruits of the Spirit through whom you raised up Jesus from the dead, we hope for an everlasting share in the Paschal mystery. And so, with all the angels, we praise you. As in joyful celebration, we acclaim. and to be glorified, O God, who love the human race <clears throat> and who always walk with us on the journey of life. Blessed indeed is your Son present in our midst when we are gathered by his love and when as once for the disciples, so now for us, he opens the scriptures and breaks the bread. Therefore, Father most merciful, we ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to sanctify these gifts of bread and wine that they may become for us the body and blood 
of our Lord Jesus the Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, on the night of the Last Supper, he took bread and said the blessing. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the cup, gave you thanks, and gave the cup to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. We proclaim the mystery of faith. Therefore, Holy Father, as we celebrate the memorial of Christ your Son, whom you led through his passion and death on the cross to the glory of the resurrection, and whom you seated at your right hand, we proclaim the work of your love until he comes again, and we offer you the bread of life and the cup of blessing. Look with favor on the offering of your church, in which we show forth the paschal sacrifice of Christ that has been handed on to us, and grant that by the, by the power of the spirit of your love, we may be counted now and until the day of eternity among the members of your Son, in whose body and blood we have communion. And so, having called us to your table, Lord, confirm us in unity, so that together with Francis our Pope, Alexander our Bishop, the clergy, and all your holy people, we may walk your ways with faith and hope. We may strive to bring joy and trust into our world. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the peace of your Christ and all the dead whose faith you alone have known. Admit them to rejoice in the light of your face and in the resurrection give them the fullness of life. Grant also to us when our earthly pilgrimage is done that we may come to an eternal dwelling place and live with you forever. There, with Mary, the Virgin Mother of God, with, the, with Joseph, her spouse, with the apostles and martyrs, with St. Charles and with all the saints, we shall praise you and exalt you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, from every evil, and grant us peace in these days. In your mercy, keep us free from sin. Support us in all of our fears and anxieties as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior Jesus, the Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, I leave you peace, my peace I give you. We ask now that you would not look on our sins, but rather on the faith of all your people, and that you would grant to us the peace and the unity of your kingdom, where you live forever and ever. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. With your, with your spirit. And let us share a sign of the Lord's peace. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter holy
Let us pray. May this heavenly mystery, O Lord, restore us in mind and body, that we may be co-heirs in glory with Christ, to whose sufferings we are united whenever we proclaim his death, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. You are all invited to a Filipino feast for Sunday hospitality. Please join us in the gym right after Mass. Please pick up a bulletin. Lots of important news right there at your fingertips. I also want to uh, tell you again, once again, uh, that we have a retreat coming up. Our Saturday, October 5th retreat day is full, but we still have openings left for Sunday, October 13th. On that day, the retreat will be from 1 o'clock until 6 o'clock. It will be held at the grotto, and the great thing about that is that we will have free access to both the bottom grounds as well as the top. There will be no fee for the elevator. Our keynote speaker will be Juan Carlos La Puente. He will be starting the day with stories about responding to God's call and he will be doing his uh, speech in both Spanish and English. There will be uh, an art project during the day, hands-on, whole family, uh, something everybody can do. There will be a really nice catered meal offered to everyone. And um, there will also be time if you have further questions for Juan Carlos or guided meditation or a chance to just take in the beautiful grounds in a prayerful and personal way. Babysitting is being provided. So we're asking people to register if they feel that that Sunday time and day will fit for you. And there are um, registration forms right out on the table as you uh, leave church today. So I encourage you to sign up for Sunday. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you. Hello, my name is Mary Ann, and I have two announcements. One about uh, the Multicultural Committee last week. Um, we'll be having a tamale sale with the proceeds from the fundraiser going towards uh, paying for the mariachi band and food for our, our Mother of Guadalupe um, celebration in December. So we'll be ordering, the ordering dates for the tamales will be on October 13th and the 20th. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm in a book group, so I'm going to order some and freeze them for that. <laughs> so think about it. 
Buenos días, mi nombre es Rosa y estamos aquí para a, anunciar que va a haber venta de tamales para recaudar fondos para la Virgen de Guadalupe, poder contratar el mariachi y tener comida. Uh, las órdenes van a ser el octubre 13 y octubre 20. Um, por favor, para que vayan pensando cuántas órdenes van a poner y los pueden refrigerar y comérselos después. Gracias. Uh, my second announcement, you know, I was reflecting on both the homily and the gospel um, this morning, and I just think this fits, um, and there's flyers out in the um, entrance there. Um, dear friends, over a year ago, workers in five metro Portland Burgerville stores voted to unionize. Um, they have been in contract negotiations ever since. The Burgerville Workers Union has submitted a complete um, contract proposal to the management. Uh, issues have included scheduling, working conditions, disciplinary procedures, and in particular, wages. Uh, many of the Burgerville workers um, make daily choices between groceries, rent, uh, medical treatment management has not responded in good faith, uh, particularly in res respect to wages. And what I learned last Friday when we were there is, um, you know, some people are sleeping in their cars, so they're working and, you know, at Burgervilles, but not enough to pay their bills and get a house. Uh, so on Sunday, the faith community, next Sunday, October 6th, uh, 1.30, um, the faith community and the workers will meet in um, the near Burgerville management office in downtown Vancouver, and that's, um, like I said, there's some flyers there. And we'll just um, kind of be together. Um, we'll listen to their stories. Um, faith leaders will have, will have prayer, music, and some food. So thank you for listening, and hope to see you there. Hi, just a quick announcement, a very nice thank you for all those who came in yesterday to help clear the room 11 utility room and our outside trash recycling area. We had, we completely filled a 20-foot truck full of some very strange items. <laughs> About a third of those items were, um, the rebuilding center accepted those because then they can be reused again and we're happy about that. And the rest of the items went to the dump and that was 2,200 pounds that was weighed at the dump. So it was a lot of um, work. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thank you everyone for participating. I think, uh, is Sam in there too? Sam is there and, and Tom Ficker is also, but not in the picture. So it was a, a success. We're really glad to get rid of some of the junk and we're chipping away at that mountain as a transition in welcoming De La Salle. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> Bear with me just a couple of, uh, a couple of things. Um, you too could get a t-shirt with San Lorenzo on it. All you have to do is join the choir or take over my job. Uh, you choose. My name is Leif. I'm the parish pastoral administrator. Uh, if you want to know more, I have a job description for you. Uh, 
important. Uh, Father uh, L will be back with us this week, and I honestly can't remember or if there's an announcement in the bulletin or not, but it's important that you know there will be morning mass on Wednesday and Thursday, regardless of what's indicated in the bulletin. There will be morning mass on Wednesday and Thursday, as well as Friday, yes. Uh, and finally, uh, a, a big thank you to uh, Zaida and Michael Schmick, as well as Cora and Kevin Reed, and all those who have put together our Filipino celebration. Please give them a hand. And uh, finally, uh, Father Jack, each year we're grateful that you spend the month of September with us, and so thank you again for being our presider this month. Thank you. It's always good to come back to St. Charles and see all of you people. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Mass is ended. Let us go in the peace of Christ. Thank you. Walang sino man ang nabubuhay para sa sarili lamang. Walang sino man.